You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Nipe here with always typical Lydia today's show we're going to be doing the 2017 Gnostic horror the ritual Gnostic horror yeah that fits that fits it's billed as a mystery slash thriller uh I would say that there's some mystery there is some thrills but there's also some chills and there's a lot of gore. And it's horror. And it's horror. Like, true and true. Through and through. It is horror. I don't know if there's much of a mystery, really. Because a mystery is something that you work on solving. They weren't working on solving this. They were working on getting away from this. That's very true. Although they couldn't determine whether or not they were dealing with an animal or with people. Yeah. Okay, I, so there's a mystery. Mystery solved when they wake up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think that uh, Gnostic horror is how I like to frame this because there is a lot of uh, paganism. There is a lot of... It's it's almost like Mr. Jones in terms of you're watching a lot of maker-type stuff getting cobbled together. You're seeing furs and skins. And anytime that I see twigs twisted up and things carved in trees symbols primitive symbols that's gnostic horror to me and when you look at this creature that's the only word that comes to mind yeah it is unknowable things uh hidden knowledge Mm -hmm. definitely and it's amped up with use of old rune systems that aren't readily recognizable with the way that the people that they meet later on talk about these this this creature that they worship as a god um yeah definitely that definitely fits and you and you do feel that you're trespassing into these uh protected sacred grounds mm-hmm. quite often when you're dipping into mostly virgin forest like this mm-hmm. i don't know how much time you've spent in a forest that not a lot of people go to there's probably pockets around your cottage that mm-hmm. you maybe walk in twice a year and that's it Mm, there's areas of my cottage, uh, in my in, in the lands of the cottage, where it's just so steep. You have almost complete 45-degree angles. And not only that, but it's incredibly loose. There's so much fallen trees with pine needles on top of that, and then moss on top of that, and then more trees on top of that. You really need to fucking watch your step in there because one wrong step and your leg is going right through and if you go down to the knees and you lose your balance and like i said you're at a 45 say goodbye to your knee yeah yeah and if there's no one else out there at that time good luck someone hearing you scream yeah yeah there's there's uh, there's areas of the cottage that are just impassable but if you walk if you can walk Hmm. if you walk for a half hour you're gonna hit Something, somebody, yeah. somebody, for a sure. city, maybe for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's not as right right where my cottage actually sits, where the lake is. It's pretty developed at this point. Now, back when the when our cottage was built in the mid nineteen sixties, it was a lot more rural. But now civilization has started to encroach, and there's actually permanent homes in and around the area. Now, it's not all just straight up cottages. 
Um, I know that uh, that our cottage is one of the oldest that are still on the lake that are still you know functioning and pe- and people go to and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it is it this old though? Is it old like you know? There's that that abandoned cottage near you. I would conservatively say that that abandoned cottage has probably been sitting there for fifty or sixty years. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would I would just the moisture in this forest right. It's it it would be really hard for something like that to stay standing unattended to for more than a few decades. So what I wonder, they encounter a, a cabin or a cottage in this in the ritual, and I do wonder how old it is because it's kind of that sort of um, slat and tongue kind of structure that it's really hard to date how old it is Mm -hmm. i mean i would say minimum that thing has been around since the 70s or perhaps the 60s -hmm. but again you're right there are there are earmarks of this building that would date it even to the 19th century and there's buildings in the little area that they visit later on near the end of the movie with structures that look ancient they look fifth century yeah 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 easily but again, those those buildings, at the very least, are we'll find out maintained. Yeah. So th- there is definitely a sense where, I, I, and again, it's only my logical real world brain that is saying it's such a damp place. Yeah. It's I I just can't imagine that a cabin could stand for very long. Or a wooden church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone might burn it down. Someone might burn Someone it might right burn the fuck down. down. Uh, so yeah, uh, the ritual written in 2011 by Adam Neville, and I haven't had a chance to read this book. It's one of the, this happened to me with Bird Box too. I was like, oh, they're turning this into a movie. Everyone, this has been a buzz-worthy book among the horror community for a couple years. Mm. This one, several years. Um, Head full of ghosts is another one that's getting turned into a movie as well, and I've definitely read that. But I've. I picked up the ritual before it was hitting Netflix. And then by the time it did hit, I was just so excited to see it. I didn't have time to read. I had a very large reading stack as I normally do. So I didn't get to it. And then I heard that there's some minor discrepancies in the midpoint of the book, apparently that change it quite a bit. So I really need to read this fucking book. Um, Bird box. I watched it before I read it too, but Mm. whatever. Um, I'm just lucky that when Head Full of Ghosts gets turned into something. I really find, and I I think this more and more every year, and this year, looking at the Bram Stoker Award uh, recommended reading list, they're not quite nominations, but they're on the list to be nominated. If anyone's looking for some horror to read or want to read the books that will be turned in the movies in the next two or three years Mm -hmm. or five years in the case of uh, The Ritual, or never in the case of Hater by David Moody, then definitely take a look at what was Stoker Award winning last year, what was recommended, what was nominated, and what was recommended to for nominations last year. And it's this particular list that everyone sort of waits for every year. And it just came out, so you can probably find it on the uh, horror.org website. And it is chock full of fascinating books that will definitely be on the tip of people's tongues in the next couple of years. And when I look back, I see these indie horror novels getting picked up and adapted and more than you would think. And a lot of them, like, it does say based on a novel by Adam Neville, but people are just blind to it unless they're a reader or unless they're familiar with the author's work where 
this probably happened so many more times, say 20, 30 years ago, when small presses weren't as much of a big thing. So people would just discard that information or not recognize the name at all. Now with the boom of small presses, the way that we see it, the boom of being able to self-publish and the boom that Amazon and previously, uh, what was the other company that did books? Uh, before you could self-publish on Kindle, it was another company, Create Space, um, was another company that a lot of authors and small publishers used to put these books out. It's just a lot more readily available, and these books are getting talked about a lot more in the social networking spheres that horror readers and horror authors, the booktube channels. I don't know if a lot of our listeners or yourself are booktubers, but when you're as into books as I am. That's true. And also, I'm well aware of booktube thanks to Typical Books. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Which I subscribe to. Yeah. Got some more. Now that we're moved and settled, I've sort of been like framing areas. I've got Mm -hmm. some corners in the house that would lend Mm -hmm. themselves very nicely Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. recording some more Typical Books that Mm -hmm. are going to be coming up. Maybe in your office where you... Don't you have your... uh, your shelf there? I do, and I have the VC Andrews collection there, but this shelf looks nice too. That's a very good shelf too. That yeah, is a very good shelf. Yeah, we have several shelves. Mm. I, could, I could film in front of, or I could film not in front of a shelf. I could film on the couch, be all comfy. Who knows? You can do whatever you want. You're a goddamn free woman. I am. I am. I am. <laughs> uh, for Women in Horror Month, we talked about the ritual. Now we're talking about its counterpart, its opposite, its polar opposite in many fucking ways. We talked about the descent, not the ritual. You had made it clear in the last episode that you would not go anywhere near those fucking caves. But I had to ask, would you go on this hike with with me? I am more inclined to go on this hike with you, of course with you, mm-hmm. because I feel like at some point when we got horribly lost, you would have to ride on my shoulders <laughs> like I was... <laughs> Like I'm a hobbit near Treebeard? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this West is old and very angry. This um this situation that you've sort of painted for me. Yeah, I would go. I would be more likely to want to walk through the wood. Listen, I am a, I am a, I'm a sturdy man. I spend a lot of time on my feet because of my job. I know that I can walk. I know that I can hike. I know that I can climb. Yeah. It's just, I, and we're still dealing with wide open spaces. I mean, for the most part, before they decided to cut through the forest, they're basically in a field, a hilly field. It is a hilly field. I could do hilly fields. (laughs) Okay. I will keep that in mind when we go on our big adventure. (laughs) Yeah. We, um, before we get into any more of the movie, though, I do want to give a shout out to a brand new podcast that a friend of mine has started and is called Storical. And it is relevant to all the stuff that we were talking about with literature and also Women in Horror Month because her debut episode is about Mary Shelley. My hero. And mine too. Uh, If you're going to start with a literary podcast in which you talk about the 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 real life stories behind authors or perhaps even the real life stories around uh stories that uh, that that have been written and also uh taking the 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 best examples in current pop culture so you can if you're not a reader of books perhaps or or don't really want to deep dive into too many wikipedia pages as a hey watch this movie or read this or check this out this is the most 
the best representation of all that, there's no better person to start with than Mary Shelley, a person who had a fascinating, tragically dark life, who also just so happened to make one of the most famous books ever. Yeah, one of the most original monsters, and for the time, something really daring, far more daring than we could understand uh, in our in our bubble here, twenty first century. Mm-hmm. But I had have read quite a little bit about Mary Shelley's life, and I'm looking so fucking forward to this because it is the sort of thing that is very highly shareable, and it's perfect for Women in Horror Month. And I'm glad that you, because you had said you were fascinated by what you learned about Mary Shelley yeah, listening to this. So. I, I, I love podcasts that can teach me a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, this taught me a lot about Mary Shelley's life that I wasn't aware. I mean, there's things about her life that we all know, of course, but there was, th- this really uh, did a nice deep dive, and it's like 30 minutes. You get a nice chunk of information, mm-hmm. and it's not dry. You can really process everything that's saying. And for me personally, like I said, Anytime that a podcast is taking time to teach me something, that podcast has my attention. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to be sharing it. This I am the newest subscriber to Historical, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, very, very pleased and very excited to listen in on that and to share it among my other literary-type friends um, on social media. So definitely check out Historical. Is the host local? No. Uh, the, the, the host is a woman named Jen, and she lives in the United States. I'm not exactly quite sure where. But um, the, she was actually someone who I knew. Th- I know through comics. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I was uh, really excited to hear about this, and because um, anytime anyone has has starts their first podcast, you know they've been thinking about it for a long time. You know that they just want to do something. So it's great when people like actually get out there and they do the things that they do, and did a fucking nice job. It's got great sound quality mm-hmm. already, because, um, you know, like we're sound snobs around here. We want to make sure that everything sounds good. Totally. And, and yeah, and so already it sounds like she's been podcasting forever, first first episode down. So it's really, really, uh, it's really cool. Yeah, really, really fucking cool. And you can get that on iTunes and Stitcher and Podbean, you know, whatever. Yeah, wherever you hang out online. Yeah. Yeah. To use an old Dead Cells tagline. <laughs> yeah. Go to www. That's really old. That is super old. Back when, back in, back in the day, uh, or when, when kids try to like make it cool, be like triple dub. Oh my. That's like video and arcade top ten style. That's like. You know, when I was watching YTV in the late in the mid to late nineties and shit, they'd be like triple dub. Yeah, okay, that's super cool. <laughs> I speaking of podcasts and and triple dub, uh, triple L. If anyone is a last podcast on the left listener, um, lots of people are. That's yeah, right. a lot of people are. They have their side stories uh, show, which comes out in between. And they had some sort of giveaway or contest or some shit. I don't know. Their their website. I don't know what it is. But for some reason, they're hosting, I guess, that the name, uh, whatever it's pointing to the name server is, does have the www. Someone typed in the www. <laughs> so you cannot access it by going to, let's say, last podcast on the left. You have to type the www. <laughs> You have to. So you can just see the embarrassment. They're just like, and go to www. We're not kidding, guys. You seriously need to type in the www. Dot. Like, it's 1982. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is fucking rude. Or 1992. Yeah. 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 www. Dot geocities. 
dot. Spiderpinchers.net. It's dot com. Yeah. GeoCities. New your AOL discs. I, I, I stumbled upon a GeoCities site the other day. It was crazy. Where the fuck did that come from? Holy shit. Did you like... <laughs> it was it was like a fucking in the back of a storage locker. And you're like, oh, what's it back here? Oh, GeoCities website. I grabbed onto my desk in case the rift was going to open. Like, Holy that was shit. crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it was actually held up by a pile of AOL discs. <laughs> it probably was. Oh my probably god. was. I shouldn't. That's the deep dark web, as your friend pointed out. Oh my <laughs> god, that's a true dark web. When you start finding GeoCity sites that are still functioning, <laughs> wow. Uh. Anyway, speaking of old things, uh, the trailer for this movie. We're gonna just start right back at the beginning in here, in a way. Um, I had been following this author, Adam Neville, and he. Is very prolific. Has a lot of books, and the ritual was something that was well beloved before it was. There was even talk of having it turned into a movie. So of course I was very interested when it started. They were talking about being turned into a movie. Uh, it also fell victim to one of the things I hate the most. It happened to Clown. It's happened to other films. It happened sort of to La Femme. This movie was not available in the fucking UK, so you could get it on Netflix everywhere else when it debuted. And you could not watch it in the UK. So that was just a travesty, I think. Uh, distribution really needs to get its shit together in a worldwide fucking it's, scope. It, it's ridiculous that we're still dealing with regions. It's sickening to me. But anyway, so it fell victim to that. So, of course, when it hit Netflix, I was very, very excited to watch it. And I had watched the trailer. And I was looking forward to uh, a horror movie that has a little humor peppered in, something that's akin to Shaun of the Dead, but maybe not as hokey, but with some chuckles to be had. Because when you watch it, the trailer, the old trailer, the E1 trailer, it's like got that dry British humor that comes in and out. They make jokes about hand jobs. They make jokes about... Um, where they'd rather be and on trails in the UK there's pubs not yeah. like this I'm not a fucking bear expert yeah it's funny yeah did you find this movie funny Wes? no no no, no. I don't find this movie funny whatsoever and I'm a dude that loves to laugh you do love to laugh you had one <laughs> chuckle one one chuckle yeah but this movie is as serious as a fucking heart attack man there, there is not a lot of yucks to be have had, and even when there are jokes, it's not, it's not like everyone stops to go ba-dum-dum. Yeah. It's in the midst of people panicking, yeah. or in the midst of people complaining, being miserable. Very miserable, because they get miserable pretty fast, and you point out that they're soft. They're very soft. Yeah. This would you, you, I kept in my mind taking the girls from the descent and plopping them into this, and they just kicked everything's ass within ten minutes, and we're back in a pub. Yeah, yeah. There's no way. There's no way that any of the characters in the descent would have died in the, any in the movie <laughs> The Ritual. There's no fucking way. No, and there's no fucking way that anyone from The Ritual would have even ventured into that cave in the descent. No, no. no. maybe Hutch, but I doubt it. Hutch, maybe, but the, 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 also the interesting thing about these characters. Oh, we don't know a lot of the. The situation, the home life of the women in the descent. However, most of them mention boyfriends, if that, or most of them 
are talking about basically living single free lives. These our are last the, adventures or next adventures. Exactly. Yeah. These are all married men, some of whom have kids. They are past the their adventuring days. And even their adventuring days sounds like them drinking and trying to get laid. And perhaps the most rustic it would ever be is they slept in a hostel once. Yeah, yeah. That might be it. They seem like tourists more than anything. Because this idea of an open field hike is not something that any of them would have considered, truly. They want to sit down in pubs and drink giant beers. That's what they really want to fucking do. Now, who is it that would have thought of going on this open-air hike in Sweden? It was, uh, it was their, it was their uh, friend, Robert. Why isn't Robert with them, Wes? It was his big fat idea. Well, a lot of his ideas ended up on the floor of a fucking liquor store, (laughs) along with his brains. It seemed to me that our kind of hero, Hero Luke, um, was was the ringleader. He was the one kind of calling the shots. He was the loudermouth. He was the gad of the group of four men, five men, actually, five men before Rob died. And um, so he, he, he is the kind of ringleader he was the one calling the shots and deciding where they were going to go and shooting down other people's ideas he was sort of the boss of this round table of friends Mm -hmm. it seemed um one night after some drinks while they're trying to figure out where they're going to go for their yearly excursion their Mm -hmm. boys week out or whatever the hell it was um they stop off into a liquor store Mm -hmm. and it's just the other guys stay outside um that consists of Dom and Phil and Hutch. Mm-hmm. The two other guys, Luke and Rob, go into this liquor store where uh, there's a holdup. And Robert gets dummied, basically. <laughs> Brained by yeah. a baseball bat. Yeah, unfortunately, while Luke cowers. And rightfully so. Like, there's a lot of blame game going on throughout this film about what Luke should or shouldn't have done. And it just struck me so much that this is... The, the definition of what is what people are trying to get at when they talk about toxic masculinity, where the group of women in The Descent don't talk about who's to blame for what or what someone could have done. They just don't. And I think that women put in the situation that they have in the ritual, they would have understood. There was nothing you could really do. What would you have done? Probably the same thing. Instead, we have this group of men who are doing this you're a coward. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you stop them? Why didn't you do that? I would have done that. Why didn't you do that? You could have just this. Mm-hmm. A lot of this could have, should have stuff and piling on a lot of blame mm-hmm. onto Luke for hiding behind this stack of booze in the liquor store while his friend got beat, the life beat out of him, basically. And there was nothing he could really do. We get to see it play out because that's how the movie opens. And I would have done the same thing as Luke. I can't blame him. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I would truly react in a situation like that where I saw a friend of mine getting cornered by two guys. You have an opportunity because when you're watching the film, I mean, you have Luke with a bottle of booze in his hand that he's flipped around to grab the nozzle and he could use that as a club. 
you hit the one with the baseball bat. If the other one even stuck around, which I highly doubt, you could probably take that one because at that point, Rob would probably also help you. So it would become you dummy one, and then it's two versus one, and then that there's also other people in the store you know they could all we could all like dog pile yeah there's a cowering woman in the corner <clears throat> yeah who so, could probably spring to life and help especially yeah. if it re- if she realized everyone had the upper handle the good guys yeah could win here um i highly doubt any of them had a gun because it's not the u.s it's not the u.s and it seemed like one of them wasn't even armed it yeah. seemed one of them had a, a an aluminum baseball bat and the other one didn't have anything yeah so could have a knife he could have a knife very, very knife happy. I culture. mean, I mean. Also, I'm looking at it from the perspective of someone who has like a secondary back belt. And you're also a giant tree person. A giant tree person. Someone, if someone tried to rob me, they better have more than an aluminum bat. I will literally take it from them. So. And I have to under like I can totally see that he is in shock. He is somewhat ready to strike. He does have that bottle in his hand, but it might as well be a fucking balloon animal. Yeah, he's he, he listen, when that's how come I say I can't honestly say yeah. because I'm not in that situation. It's easy to just like Luke's friends. You hear about the situation and you say to yourself, "Why didn't you try something?" If you it, it, Robert is dead because you did nothing. Yeah. So, if you did something, maybe he would have lived. Or he, you could have both died. That would have been great, too. Yeah, but they don't look at it in in that perspective because they're dealing with... The current reality is that Luke died without... Or Luke lived without a scratch on him and Robert died. Yeah. So they're looking at it from the perspective... It's not rational thought. I think that really more what this is about is the fact that you were dealing with a group of men who are devastated that one of their lifelong friends was killed. The only one who was in his midst when he died was Luke. And so they wish that Luke had done something, or perhaps what they really wish is that they all went into the liquor store together. And they're trying to assign blame to someone who realistically could not feel worse about the situation. Oh, completely. He is not unaware of how he acted. He is not unaware of the fact that he was the only one that wanted to get a bottle of liquor from the liquor store. He is not unaware of the fact that he was the one who basically had to beg Rob to come with him because no one else would go to the store with him. But at the same time, the Phil Hutch and Dom could have come to the liquor store. And then that's five adult men rolling in thick into a liquor store, what do you think those guys would have done? Oh, just turned hell. And they would have just walked out with whatever yeah. ill-gotten gains they already had. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably exactly how that would have panned out. Yeah, I th- so I think it's an equal part blame, but also each one is carrying with them guilt about the fact that their friend is dead. Completely. And unlike The Descent, where they all go out a year later to the wilds to try and repair one of them... Mm-hmm. I think it's sort of misfiring here where they decide to go out into the wilds to honor Rob because this was his idea. He wanted to go on a hike. The, so they just carry on with his plan to honor him, which is noble. I like that idea. I like it a lot. And maybe some outdoors time is good for the soul for them. That's partially maybe mm-hmm. what they're thinking. But it seems like they haven't really talked this over. And they're just heading into a spot where they can all get sequestered and fight about it for the duration of the hike. Well, that definitely seems to... Again, and I I can't speak for my entire gender, 
But what I can do is posit that you are dealing with right proper lads who don't seem to really talk about their feelings, don't really seem to want to talk about what's happening once they enter the woods. And also low-key have problems, at least with a couple of them, amongst the group. It's not so much that they all just blame Luke. I think that like Hutch and Phil are totally fine with just yeah. carrying on, like s- stiff upper lip and all that. Yeah, what but, a tragedy. But, Anyhow. But Dom seems to be the one who is the angriest at Luke, but also Dom, certified soft boy. Certified soft boy. He is our piggy from Lord of the Flies. Yes. Through and through. Sucks to his asthmar, man. Yeah. And he's not going to get bludgeoned by a rock, but he is going to, like, you know, it's it's that situation where, oh, he twists his ankle. And by the way, he twists his ankle barely walking over a hill. Like, it's a... It's true. And the landscape they they enjoy. Like, I think that this sort of crept up on them. So I do give them the benefit of the doubt as far as fictional characters that I'm blaming for things. Um, they have, like you said, become tourists on most of these outings. They go to, like, frat boy style things they go to like belgium they go to like amsterdam yeah they, they go should and, have gone to vegas they remember? should have gone to vegas yeah yeah unreal um i don't think that they were prepared for the solitude and beauty of where they are affecting them the way that it does and maybe yeah. there's something about these ancient grounds that bring out emotions and people they're mm. used to just drowning them in suds and good times yeah just keep laughing just keep slapping each other on the shoulders and and uh, keep trying to get laid, I guess. Yeah, there's no um, distractions. There's no visual stimulus out here outside of the trees. And the, the silence and the solitude is almost like personal meditations for each mm-hmm. of them, even though the four of them are together and all this alone time really has them uh, soul-searching, unfortunately, together. It's true. Also, the fact that you are dealing with, at the very beginning of this film, you're, you're dealing with five men who are... Perhaps not past their prime, but at encroaching on that age where they're still young, except they're married, they have children. And so they continuously say, we're not 21 anymore. We're not 21 anymore. I don't want to do this because, you know, I, I don't want to go have like a frat boy adventure. Robert says that he really wants to test himself, which means to, means to me that at that point he has never felt challenged and he is finding himself at the end of his quote-unquote viable years as a young, virile, adventurous male because all he sees in front of him is a desk and 25 years and retirement and grandkids and then what happened to this. Remember when I was, you know... Yeah, I, I, when I was like young and getting laid and and uh, having fist fights and and just like Nicholas Cage and, and mom and dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What happened to my youth? What happened to my vitality? What happened to my relevance? Mm-hmm. So you have these men who go into this situation to honor their friend who is feeling this way, and in the in that moment they are all of their worst things that have happened to their lives or perhaps a moment that they're foreseeing in the future of their deaths um it, it is constantly being bombarded to themselves each one of those men were shown something that terrified them yeah, yeah. and and we know what luke sees and we know eventually what dom sees but 
what made Hutch piss himself, what made Phil strip nude and and worship this symbol, this Gnostic symbol uh, of this forest. What could have this been? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What indeed. It's an amalgamation of so many things. And even just the idea of going into a sweat lodge or having a vision quest in North American native lore, you have that sort of thing coming out in a lot of these other um, ancestral ritualistic societies, pagans, I suppose. Mm. And you see things like runes carved on trees in this film where I thought maybe they would recognize what they mean if those were Celtic runes, if those were Ogham runes. Ogham, yeah. And they're not. They're Futark runes. So, of course, but like they wouldn't understand that they were runes and not like hobo symbols. True. But it is the elder Futark that is more common in uh, Scandinavian. Scandinavian runes is what people call them often. It's Norse runes. Mm-hmm. So it is a completely different society in a completely different language mm-hmm. of uh tree language but like that wouldn't have turned them off a little bit or wouldn't have understood or maybe they treat the celtic roots in the uk with a lot less reverence i don't know also you would have to consider the fact that what are we really looking at here if you're looking at something that's been carved into the tree and you could intuit by by the way we're getting a little ahead of ourselves with the plot but yeah. just talking about these runes for one quick second what kind of runes were they called again you would say the futark i the think futark. that's how you pronounce it i've only read it all of my life because i started looking at different um, rune casting and where the what the origins of these runes that people used for rune casting even though i was never a rune caster i don't read bones or stones or runes or the i ching or anything like that um, but I was very interested in tarot and all the other divination tools, right? Mm-hmm. And other other avenues of uh, like this eclectic research that I used to do instead of having friends when I was in high school <laughs> led me to read up on, on the food hark. I would have been your friend in high school. Oh, completely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. Well, you got me now. Yeah, and I now do. you got someone that understood what these what these were. <laughs> That's interesting. Now, these runes, if I were to look at them, I would have two thoughts. One, a rune nerd wrote them recently, mm-hmm. carved them into the tree. And I could intuit that because I could see how the trees are scarred, looks fresh. Yeah. Or if I didn't know what I was talking about, or or if I couldn't assume that these runes were new, uh, I would think that they were so old that whoever made them is long dead. Yeah. So I wouldn't, although let me tell you something, me going into the woods and seeing anything like that is a massive red flag for me because I'm already not comfortable in the woods anyways. No, because when we're in an open field, because they wake up out of their tents and they're in a like a, a hilly field. They're in a hilly field. There's forest yeah. all around them and stuff, but they're mountaineering sort of in these old ancient mountains, rolling green mountains. Mm. Really pretty, really wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful landscape. And they're just simply hiking, walking. They're, they're walking. It's, it seems like a very low impact. I don't know if, if, if what Robert thought in terms of this is really, I've never challenged myself. Baby steps, though. Yeah, baby steps. It's, it's, a long, it's a long hike. It's like, what, three days. So yeah. they'd already hiked a day, and they were going to continue on with their hike and bickering. And then Dom twists his ankle, which changes the course 
there was a gentle incline and Dom <laughs> just fell like a fucking baby deer learning to walk and he he instant his instantaneously on the I can't walk what do we do he's in full fucking panic mode he has twist his fucking ankle I like this uh, interaction because it's all very realistic. He's He knows what it is. I've done this before. It's my meniscus. I'm fucked. Yeah. I can't walk like this. I cannot walk this many hours. They sort of know that, okay, whether he can walk or not, he's going to be bitching about it all this while. And he says, well, I could walk. I'm not going to, like, stay here while you guys go for help. Like, you're not going to leave me on this mountain. Um, but he is in pain, and he is, like, hobbling. As later on, you get to see how bad his knee really is. So he's mm-hmm. kind of being tough, although he's coming across as a big baby. And like you said, he was walking and t- twisted his leg. So yeah. yeah, it's not like he was doing anything to save anyone's life. No, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's not like our friends in the descent that have bones coming out their fucking legs. And that happened because they dropped like 15 fucking feet in a cave. Real peril. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This person l- fucking fell over on a gentle incline. Like, ah. He would have twisted his leg as badly walking uh, down a cobblestone path in Prague. Like, just yeah. being drunk. Yeah. Or like, he's probably hurt himself worse being drunk, I would bet you. Probably. But this diverts the entire plan. Now, what they can do, Lids, don't you worry. Hutch has got a cunning plan. A cunning plan. He's got a cunning plan. Instead of walking around the spooky woods, we're going to go through the spooky woods. So it's a fable now. It is a fable. It's fucking Hansel and Gretel. Let's take a shortcut. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. And even Dom agrees. You know, yeah, it's going to be rougher going, whatever. But it is, like, way less of a walk. You can see where they're going. You can see that, like camp area i don't know mm-hmm. what it is it's like a like a chalet i would call it a chalet but i don't know what they call it no mm-hmm. it's a it's a chalet uh this was coincidentally filmed in uh romania oh really yeah although it looks it looks very specifically like this border between sweden and norway but yeah it is uh romania beautiful 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 country but uh, either way, it's still spooky wood. I guess they build spooky woods the same way they build spooky woods around the world. When it's a mixed deciduous forest. Mm-hmm. And also, let's not forget the fact that even though the world collectively is the same age, everything's older in Europe. Everything is older in Europe. And I meant to say coniferous forest, but it is like mixed, like a boreal forest. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything is older in Europe, except these trees aren't, like, super big. They are kind of young. Like, it's not, like, big the way we have huge pines here or redwoods out in B.C., so True. I was surprised by that. But it's the forest floor. Look at the floor. That's how you can tell how old this forest is. There's so much uh, crushed, fallen tree, so much moss. So much moss. And, you know, when I think about it, there's not a lot of light. No. And that would explain the spindly trees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it is a dark, misty place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In the forest, so the movie does get quite a bit darker. Not just in tone and mood; uh, it visibly gets darker as they're walking through the forest. They do dark forest very well in this movie, and as much as you get in other movies, that feeling of claustrophobia when you're underground, or the feeling of cold when we did Frozen. Now we have this uh, feeling of like almost terror, almost jungle 
uh, problems where you can't see very far in front of you. Everything looks the fucking same. There's animals about. You're pretty sure there's animals about. The terrain is not steady. Uh, fighting with your mates. Nothing. Nothing's nice. And then it starts to rain. Man, does it ever start to rain. It is pouring. The old man is snoring. Yeah. They got to get inside. They're going to put their tents up. And right now they kind of realize we fucked up because this was supposed to cut our trip in half. And instead, we're going to sleep here again at night. So we didn't save any time taking the shortcut whatsoever. But they don't need to pitch their tents in the rain because that would be annoying. Yes. I've I've put a tent in the rain. It's hell. I can imagine because Mm -hmm. once you have a a tent up kind of just have a wet tent don't you yeah and it's harder to even get together when it's wet everything sticks together so once you're dealing and this was this is a downpour this is not light rain yeah this is a serious thing and they encounter an old cabin in the woods and by the way they don't just encounter an old cabin in the woods and by the way again this is also when they've already found a strung up deer carcass that has been completely disemboweled yeah, not just strung up. Like, they kind of muse, like, is it poachers? Is it this? Is it bears, Wes? Oh, I'm, do I look like a fucking bear expert? <laughs> exactly. This is where we get our chuckles. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is, like, torn apart. So they're, like, can't quite tell. Did a human do this? Did an animal do this? I don't know. Who the fuck would do this? Why, why would this happen? And the way it's strung up is really picturesque, too. So, um, yeah, Cabin in the Woods. Very much like Blair Witch. Very much like Blair Witch. Oh yeah. If 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 we had encountered this cabin, we've seen a strung up carcass, we've seen runes carved. Which is into even trees. more like sticks, which was also the fodder. Uh, a short story by Wagner or Wagner, however you want to say his name. Um, that fed the Blair Witch story very, very much. It's mm. like sort of the inspiration for that. Sticks, um, I should share a link. I have a an audio copy of it that's otherwise unavailable that was put out by the BBC, and it's a fascinating, wonderful audio play of, of that story, Sticks, which is almost exactly what they're encountering when they find this place. Very fast. I'll be li- I'll be very interested to get uh, spooked out of my mind with that yeah. type of shit. Oh, it's good. It's spooky. So, and this is spooky. So, like, yeah, runes, and, strange animals. And you enter this place. This this cabin is completely dilapidated. It's leaking profusely. They got to find something to burn. Be- be- there is an old timey stove. Again, this looks like seventies, sixties type shit that they've got around mm-hmm. and uh well we'll just go upstairs and find some shit to burn and they find a straight up wicker fucking totem yeah this effigy is upstairs it's a headless handless man yeah deer antlers for hands it seems to have little duck feet mm-hmm. what could this thing be oh it's witchcraft mate yeah Exactly. Let's go back downstairs. <laughs> so yeah. they basically ignore it. Phil makes a few jokes like, I'll pay anyone a thousand pounds to go up and sleep beside that thing. Yeah. Just jokey hokey. Yeah. They're not taking it super seriously. They're not scared. Or they are creeped out and they're just trying to use humor to 
lighten the mood. That's what I would do. I would be cracking jokes mm-hmm. because I'm trying not to have a fucking panic attack. Now, it's creepy. And it's creepy in a very real-world sense. We've yeah. talked about our feelings towards the woods, our feelings towards this hike, what we would do or not do when we encounter like a cabin in the woods. It's come up on a couple shows. And I'm sure our listeners have a pretty good idea what we would or would not do and how scared we would or would not be about this. Um, and what sort of respect that we would pay for this effigy upstairs. Mm-hmm. But then things get kind of weird. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is where, to flash forward a little bit, this this forest is vast. This, vor- this forest is fucking massive. Anyone could get lost or turned around in this forest. These guys are tense especially our pal luke he's got a lot on his mind they've already had a few words like we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you you're a coward they've had some fights about his position and his friendship with rob who's now dead um he's got a lot on his mind and now they have this effigy they've got this rain to deal with in the morning it's planned basically hutch is like you're going to just we're going to wake up in the morning and you're just going to go because I'll take care of these guys. He just take off. So he's got a lot on his mind. He has um, maybe a nightmare. Is it a nightmare, though? You could. Yes. By a classical definition, it is a nightmare. Vision. Uh, uh, but what it truly is, is a selection. It truly is. And maybe that doesn't get all put together by the end because it could, this and another vision he has could come across as just a a stress dream. It's a fever dream. It's a nightmare. He's having a nightmare. Mm -hmm. He wakes up because there's lights outside and he sees some lights outside and he sees uh, one continuous light. So my first thought is aliens. Yeah. Are we in aliens? Yeah. Um, This is like Close Encounters of the Third Kind or Communion or something. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt like. So he goes outside to see what this light source is and has a dream that he's basically in the convenience store all over again. Mm-hmm. The, the, the robbers look demonic. Yeah. Perhaps um, not quite men, not quite animals, not so much in their true appearance but body language they look far more wispy they have light behind their eyes they remind me of uh, prospero's caliban description mm. or his portrayal in prospero's books yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's a good pull it's a that's good pull what they reminded me of so when you when you uh, when he's having this vision he gets marked on his chest and it looks as though uh, a clawed hand has grabbed his his Pectoral, yeah, and give it a squeeze to sort of embed its uh, fingers or claws. It looks like he had been clawed by something, yeah, more than anything. He realizes that this is not just a dream that he has dreamt that he has walked out of the cabin and into the woods. He finds himself coming to literally standing where he was in his dream, and he's awoke by the terrified screams of Hutch who is 
uh, so scared that he pisses himself. And they find Dom writhing in the corner, terrified out of his mind. He's whimpering his wife's name, absolutely scared. Where's Phil? Phil is upstairs, stripped naked, on his hands and knees. It looks like not only was he stripped naked, it looks like he just came from running from in the forest. He's scratched, like he's been nicked by tree branches and stuff like that. Or maybe he was doing a little tango with that effigy. He was kind of like, how lifelike are ya? Oh, maybe, maybe it's that. Because he's, he... he's scratched and dirty, but it's kind of scratchy and dirty just in that room. He could have been outside and come back. Who knows how much time has passed, Yeah. right? So, yeah, poor Phil. He is almost catatonic Mm. praying to this thing, sort of on his hands and knees, not quite with his head down. He has his head up, but he's holding on to one wrist with his other hand, if you can envision that, Mm -hmm. and just stock still murmuring. Yeah. Crazy. So they wake him up, and there's this moment where uh, Luke... Luke yells at him a couple times. He never touches him to wake him up. No. And it struck me as a very uh, gentlemanly way to wake up another man uh, where women would go rushing in there all armed and motherly and holding and pulling the person up and cuddling them, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for, um, and and getting them away and safe and making sure that they're calm Mm -hmm. and cared for where this very British, very manly it, it it's it speaks to me as a guy who doesn't quite know because Phil doesn't seem asleep. No. Phil seems to be doing something, and also he's naked. He's very naked, and and, and, and he and could he, be like, what did you liken it to? Jerking off? Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's like you've walked into a, a room, seeing that your friend is just beating the shit out of his dick. Yeah. And you're just like, uh, okay, man, come on, we got to go. Yeah. And then you close the door and then you never speak of it ever. That, That's, that, yeah. And, and and that is where we, when these men are on the trail with each other afterwards, they're just walking and they're focused on, we have a mission. We are trying to get out of the woods. We're, we're, we don't want to be in the woods anymore. Let's get out of the woods. And Phil wants to talk about what the fuck had happened nobody wants to talk about what happened. No, and the others aren't even in that position. Okay, yeah, Luke had a bad dream. He was sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. He he hasn't told them about the mark on his chest yet. Mm -hmm. So Dom was whimpering like a baby crying for his wife. Yeah. What man wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure he likes Gail. Yeah. Hutch had pissed himself. Pissed himself. Oh, embarrassing. Yeah, it is embarrassing. But Hutch is like the manliest of them all, perhaps. Truly. He He is the leader. He has got... The knife, he's got the compass, he's the rational one, he's the man with the plan. He's he's the Juno of the group. He's the Juno of the group, and he and Luke used to be the Juno of the group. Luke maybe even used to be the Juno of the group, I think, yeah. just the way that they interact at the pub at the very beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's definitely the Juno, and I've got Luke pegged to Sarah, of course. Like, how can you escape that? Uh, Phil's kind of a Holly-ish person. Um not as not as uh, ball busting and foolhardy and adrenaline junkie at all, but I can't think of another girl to pair with him. Mm-hmm. And Dom is a, maybe Elizabeth or the younger girl. Yeah. So he's kind of the baby of it all. But. Yeah, it's hard to say with Phil because there is a, there is a, a point in which I think that Phil is not present. Mm-hmm. I think by the by he was touched in such a way by this forest entity that I don't think that there's anything 
physically wrong with him. I think he is just, like I said, not present anymore. Checked out entirely. And then, of course, he gets no help from his friends. Because, like you said, he's trying to talk about this. Like, what the fuck was going on in there? They don't want to talk about it. They they are very much, as much as Hutch is a man with a plan, He he's like, we need to stick together. We need to, to, to figure this out. We need to follow our equipment. We have supplies. We're going to be okay. Uh, so we had nightmares. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dom has found this path, and he wants to take this path more than anything because he's injured. So they are not even following their compass. They are they are ignoring it because Dom's logic is it's not wrong to assume this, but since we're watching a horror movie, we know it's wrong to assume this. It's let's not follow our equipment. Because this is a path. Path means civilization. My leg hurts. I don't want to go hiking through this place anymore. The shortcut is over. Now we're just trying to get out of the fucking woods. Yeah, well, the path. I see some brains in that entirely. True. I I would be the stickler that would want to stick to the compass. This is where we really... If we haven't already established that the forest is very thick and very dark... It looks even thicker and more visually confusing. It's nothing but verticals out there. Mm-hmm. It is dense, and they are beyond lost. Mm. Not only that, but when they, it seems so haunting and thick and encroaching once they leave that cabin in the morning, and they even there's even more rooms. Yeah, that's the, the thing trees. we almost forgot there. There's there's um. When they go in, there is one rune on the tree, and they notice it. And what you knew what that rune said? Yeah, that is the rune for ancestral property. Mm. So if they had known, but that's just silly talk. Either way, it is sort of an ominous sign. When they wake up in the morning, though, there's like two or three dozen of these runes written on trees, and none of them are happy runes. Like there's some. There's a rune for joy. There's rune for people. There's rune for a rune for togetherness. These are runes for domestic cattle and protection. And the birch goddess makes an appearance. These have other meanings, too. I'm not like a a professional rune reader by any means. This is just the basic meanings of the words that represent these runes. Um, And need is one of the runes that show up. I like the domestic cattle one. That's my most favorite one. But the ancestral property one makes an appearance several times Mm -hmm. uh, around in these trees. It's the first one they see the night before, and it's on several trees later on. Um, So, yeah, there is something like a darker and stranger going on in these woods, I feel. Yeah. And they're, of course, not inclined to believe it. They'll set up camp one more time. Oh, that's when things get a little sour, we'll say. Now, is it after this or before? I think it's definitely before this because Hutch was around. Oops, spoiler. (laughs) Um, Where they uh, find something in the undergrowth and they tear up what turns out to be a tent. A tent. They find a tent and... Shoes. Shoes. But they don't just find a tent and shoes. They find a pack full of gear. And a wallet. And a wallet? Credit card, isn't it? Like, it's it's definitely somebody who's been lost out there. Hutch has this moment of like, okay, guys, I know where your brains are going. We are not going to be this. We are not getting lost. People get found in these woods. This is not, this is not what's happening to us. Yeah. Calm down. 
uh, the name is Anna Erickson on the credit card, and it does definitely appear that it was somebody who died somewhere around there, and their gear was abandoned entirely. Uh, yeah, the credit card expires, by the way, in 1984. Okay. So this film, we could assume, is at least taking place in 2017. Hmm. That shit's been there for a minute. Yeah. So they're all even more ill at ease after their horrible nightmares. They discover that. They find this trail. They are hiking deeper and deeper into the woods, it seems. They're not going any closer to any sort of society because Luke decides, well, I'm going to run off to the edge of this ridge and see what I can see. And it's just forest upon forest upon forest upon forest. And it is. And then the creature. Yeah, he thinks he sees something out there. And thinks he hears something like a bear or something big. Uh, he doesn't know what it is, but he runs away with, from it and tells the other guys. Mm-hmm. This is actually noteworthy because of the fact that while they're in this forest, it is as quiet as a tomb. You do not hear birds. You do not hear bugs. You do not hear animals of any fucking kind, except for one animal. Yeah, one big one. Yeah, real big. Tree beard. Tree beard. And it reminds me so much of that film Trolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or is it just Troll, singular? I know there's many Trolls. The, but the, like name the, of the, film. the, the found footage one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It reminds me a lot of that when yeah. you just see glimpses of something in the forest. Um, yeah. So they do have to camp out another fucking night because they're going so goddamn slow, really. Mm. Thanks to Dom and his gimpy leg. You know, he is possibly the worst because when he he wants to hold up the whole group all the time and they just think that he can't push past the pain. Partially, but did you see his knee when they were in the it's cabin? swollen and looking gross. That needs to get drained. Yeah. It's probably extremely painful. So I'm giving him a little bit of a pass. Yeah, I'll give him a little bit of pass too. But he can hustle when he needs to. Like when they hear uh, Hutch screaming like a banshee in the fucking middle of the night. They clamor up, go through each one of the... I don't know about you. There was no way that with everything that went on that I would not be like... I'm not sleeping in my own personal tent, guys. I'm going to sleep with one of you, and I don't care how fucking weird you think it is. But tent is not protection from fucking anything. No, it's not. And even, like, there's a little bit of a nightmare scene here, a waking dream scene, which strikes me much more of a a vision Mm -hmm. induced by the ancient powers that be in this forest Mm -hmm. that have touched our friend Luke. Um because he has dreams that he has his flashlight and he's looking out of his tent and there's more liquor store shit going on out there. And then he comes to in that exact same position as light is on and Hutch is screaming. Um, everybody's screaming, basically. What he, he dreams, he thinks he dreams that one of the tents gets snatched away. Mm-hmm. And the tent isn't snatched away, but it's torn to fucking shreds and Hutch is gone. Yeah, They can hear him screaming in the woods and they go chasing around with their flashlights. Mm-hmm. They go chasing around. They realize that they're completely disoriented. They don't know where their tents are, but they're never going to recover their fucking gear because we cut to daybreak, but they will discover Hutch's body. Yeah. He has been much like that deer, completely disemboweled. 
Yep, and it's not so much that he has been displayed and flayed at all. He's just like stuck up on a tree, just like randomly stuck up on a tree. Yeah, and it's a good 15, 20 feet up. So what did that? There's This is the one thing where I, you know, not only from a self-preservation point of view, also a time point of view, would you take the time to cut your friend's body down and go proper and stuff? <sighs> I'm of two minds of it. I un- I would not blame for for me personally, honestly, honestly, no. But I would not blame anyone for wanting to. I I th- I would be of the mind where more so than for the respect of the dead, I just wouldn't want to touch it. Like I just Partially. don't. I I'm. I have a very strong aversion to dead animals. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to go near a dead animal. I'm not that. I don't want to go and look at a fucking deer carcass close up because I'm afraid I might see maggots and maggots squick me out. Yeah. Um. I would be far less inclined to want to look at a, a fucking dead body that I found. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, no thanks. I'm mostly concerned about the time and the strain. You need your energy. You have yeah. no fucking food. You have no goddamn water. Yeah. And again, they they leave that out, but they would someone would have to have climbed that fucking tree and it definitely was going to have to be Luke. Yeah. Phil seems too out of it. Dom can't fucking walk, let yeah. alone climb a tree. So but at the end of the day, I think Luke would have seen the logic in it because Hutch had to compass and Hutch has a knife. Oh, so there is some rhyme to this. There is some gear, and Dom doesn't want to leave without at least like putting some sticks over her body. Again, I get it, but 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 this actually is interesting because this is another ritual. It is. This is a human ritual. The idea of leaving a body uncovered and exposed, particularly of your clan, of your yeah. tribe, of your group, it's uh, unconscionable. To humans, humans bury their dead. So they don't have time to bury their dead, but they can cover their dead. Yeah. And so that's what he, that's what Dom wants to do. So again, logically, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But since we're in a world of rituals and ancient traditions, there's, this is as ancient as a ritual like gets. Like they almost were compelled to whether they wanted to or not. Whether yeah. they had a compass to get or not. Yeah. Well, a fat lot of good this compass does them anyway. Well, I mean, this is where I asked you. I asked you when we were watching it. And I'll ask you again because I like to get things on the show. Yeah. Um, what do you think that this woods is spatially reconstructing itself a la the B- Blair Witch Project? That happens... Uh, at least according to the newest Blair Witch movie. Yes. That oh, it, does it ever? Yeah, yeah. I love that about the, the Blair Witch yeah. movie. Yeah, or even perhaps another film, not in the woods, Grave Encounter. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing in which the building seems to be changing its structure in and of itself to not allow you to leave. Yeah. Do you think that they are so, f- that like this thing has the whammy on them and they're just walking in circles? Or do you think that. The woods are in some kind of t- time and space dimension where distance and time have no meaning. What do you, th- or is it or, just a big? Yeah, wood? the final, the final choice that you allotted me was: is this forest just that big? And I really think, like, I don't know. I'm of two minds. 
mostly I gravitate to, nah, the forest is just this big and they are freaked out. They're doing this themselves to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Also not, they, they are walking in a straight line and simply not leaving the forest because the forest doesn't fucking end. Mm-hmm. Uh, this forest ends in a, a seaside cliff somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, miles and miles and three days away. Like it is that big of a forest. And that's not inconceivable to me. True. Go on Google Maps and look for big fucking forests. You'll find them. Then on the other hand, they are having these nightmares that aren't nightmares. They are having nightmares that are definitely visions. And they're at the whim of this forest deity. Whether they know it or not at this point. And they have been since they've stepped foot in the forest. Mm-hmm. So they, they very well could be have the whammy on them, as you so <laughs> eloquently said. Uh, they, they very well could be tricked into going into circles or even circles that they don't notice or i don't know i don't know their their compass isn't being affected so i don't think that it's necessarily a geospatial thing or Mm -hmm. that you know it's like a devil's triangle scenario Mm -hmm. i i think mostly that the forest is just that big and yes there is some sort of influence from this thing yeah I'm. I think that you might be right. I think it's a combination of some of them being injured. Phil is not within his right mind. No. And they don't really linger on that too much. But I mean, come on, like the, the guy looks fucking possessed to yeah, me. Yeah, he does. He's um, spaced right out. Uh, you know, they're scared. They're tired. They've lost all their gear. They're wet. They're uncomfortable. And and then also, yes, they're having these visions. So I think it might be a combination of this thing testing them what this entity is and what this entity is really what the money shot of this movie is is this thing they're still not convinced our characters don't know whether this is an animal or people Mm -hmm. Uh, dom is convinced it's people because there's evidence that there is people in this forest yeah they're crossing this path where there's a little bit of a river and they all take a sip and realize there's footprints Mm -hmm. and they're still trying to continue southwest because that was what hutch had planned Mm -hmm. for luke to do on his own but now they're all just going as southwest as they can um so on their journey southwest they they find this path and they sort of stop and question like are we going to follow that no we're not going to follow that we're going to stay southwest okay Mm-hmm. And they ignore it. But they know that there's people out there. They do. And they climb up this long hill. By the time they get up to this hill, which they can barely manage, you can see that Phil is seeing something that's stalking them. And if you watch carefully in this film, you will see this thing. You can't quite figure out what the fuck it is. It looks like a giant like a moose or something a moose or an elk and it's but it blends in so it does well and that's one of the tricks of when you're in the forest whether you're hunting or just looking or want to see a deer or a moose i still want to show chris a moose because he's still a new canadian right yeah and and seeing a close up is i think he'll be shocked with how huge those fucking things are oh definitely so i hope we get to see one but there's also like a petting zoo out in uh Gatineau, not the Papanak Zoo that's in the news for being abusive, but like a, a roaming free mm-hmm. uh, safari, like a fucking moose right. safari. There's a moose safari. So I'm going to <laughs> fucking moose safari. Because um, I don't think that we're going to go on a ritual style 
hike anytime soon, but when you're looking out into a forest, anything vertical is basically trees. Anything horizontal is something else, right? So you're mm-hmm. looking for those horizontals. So that might help viewers of this movie trying to see more of this thing, looking for those yeah. horizontals. But there, there is some weirdness to this thing that makes you not entirely sure what you're looking at. Are we looking at people? Are we looking at an animal? Um, while they're going up this steep hill, and by the way, when I'm talking about like 45 degree angle type climbing that are in the woods around my cottage, this is about what I'm fucking talking yeah. about. Yeah. Just very loose earth, mostly moss roots, rocks moss and, and rocks. It's just not a good idea to try to climb this. Glacial till is basically what what this is those hills are around the foothills of old mountains Mm -hmm. and it's where the glaciers had tilled up Mm -hmm. and shoved clean like we have a lot of uh what they call the canadian shield here Mm. i don't know if anyone cares about geography or geology like this but we do have a lot of those scraped bare areas here more so up north but we do have a lot of them here but then we also have that nice mix very similar to what we're looking at here on this border um and, and uh, Sweden, Norway, um, where it is just where the glaciers had pushed all of this stuff into huge hills that aren't one big rock like a mountain. It's like a bunch of old crap. So this rotting moss and trees have been rotting since the fucking ice age. Yeah. Phil seems as out of it as possible by the time they finally get to the top of this uh, hill he is just to to say that he is no longer present is an understatement he is a zombie well maybe they'll be fine maybe they'll be fine Wes because Luke looks out across into the distance and sees some fires fires burning that means people that means people and he can see the end of the forest the end of the forest yeah that, uh, they're gonna be fine they're almost there they're gonna, he's gonna turn around and everyone's gone fuck Phil's not where he left him. Nope. Dom's not where he left him. Seems awfully dark in this forest all of a sudden, doesn't Seems it? Seems awfully fucking dark all of a sudden. Although, there's Phil. He's over there. He's wandering aimlessly with a flashlight. What well, got snatched, though. Yeah. He gets snatched like... Uh, this is where the film plunges directly into a horror film. Yeah. It's not an action-adventure. Whatever the fuck it was supposed to be before. Like, it, it is a horror. Like, sorry. I do apologize for ragging on it just there. It turns into a different kind of horror movie. And this dark shift was hard for some people. They didn't enjoy this. They really? liked the little backcountry style romp in the woods. And then there's other people who wish that this was all it was, that it's like Baskin from here on in. Like, cause it does get very different. It does, but not so. Bl- yeah, I suppose it's fairly abrupt. It's fairly abrupt. Although it works. That's why it doesn't feel as painful to us. And we're not married to one movie or the other. Mm, right? Maybe. Yeah, that's what it is. It does kind of turn into uh, a little Wicker manny ish towards the end, but not in a bad way. And I'll tell you, uh, while, when I first watched this film, I watched it cold. I had no fucking idea. I didn't see any trailers. Yeah. It just was on Netflix. And I like... The ritual. Read the description. Uh, yeah. Cool. cool. Sounds good. Sounds okay. good. I'll turn it on. If I don't like it, I'll just turn it off. Whatever. Yeah. And, and I watched it. And I loved it. 
Yeah. And and I remember uh, being really excited about it. I remember uh, wanting to do it for the show initially. So I'm glad you brought it yeah, up. Yeah, when we, when we both had watched it, we yeah. talked about it that summer. Yeah. And yeah, we're excited to watch it. But whatever. Here yeah, so, one, so this change and the shift that we'll get to is Phil gets snatched. Him and Dom, he finds Dom. Dom's cowering and saying, shush. And they decide, okay, we're going to have to run. They're going to have to run, and they run to, well, they got some, well, they're not tiki torches, but there's some burning stumps to light your way, and they'll find themselves into a giant cabin because this thing is hot on their trail, whatever it is. It is fucking big. Crashing through the forest like a giant beast, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we see that, they. I mean, they see in an instant, Phil has been fucking strung up on the trees like everybody else, just put up there like a picture frame. Yeah. And they get to this area. They see a fucking, not a gramophone, but basically that. And you see someone at a fire. And then you see a swaddled foot kick them in the face. And now we're in Wicker Man. Yeah. They're tied up in the basement. They're yeah. chained up. Uh, neither of them are looking too good. They're probably starved and totally delirious, but yeah. they don't know what the fuck's going on. They can hear noises around them. They're in the basement, it seems, of this, like, or the lower level anyway. Not a basement, some but a lower level some, of this cabin. Some cabin. And it's like an old log cabin with mm-hmm. mud fucking for chinking. Yeah. And they're chained to the walls and opposite walls. There's not much in there but a glass and Dom's suggesting like knock the glass down, break the glass, cut the ropes with the glass. And, and, and it looks like old tonic bottles from like the fucking 20s. Yeah. yeah. So they're definitely w- within civilization to a certain extent, but these people are absolutely not civilized. So Luke works some of the dirt out from between these logs so he can see what's going on and they're erecting some sort of thing. They're building something. They're what looks like a huge pillory. They're building a thing to burn someone on is almost what it looks like. But Mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, there's people out there. So I don't know. Let's try and escape. And they don't get very far with this plan because then their captors or some of their captors walk in my favorite little old lady. She reminds me sort of, and I don't know if this is too uh, uh, much of a deep cut, but the, the, uh, the uh, brothel owner in, Takeshi Miike's imprint, which was one of the masters of horror. Just this little tiny duck-faced, goose-faced woman. Just like little old, old, old thing. Yeah. She's got something in common with Luke, though. They are palsies. They are marked on the same place in in their chest. Turns out everyone that's in this village is marked like Luke. And her looking Luke over gives him some water. Some wawa. Yeah, gives him a little sip of water and then turns over to Dom, mutters a few words in whatever language, I don't know. Does not feed him any water. Yep, and then while well, Dom gets dragged away. And meanwhile, uh, as Dom is screaming, screaming in this other room, well, a friendly, a friendly lady will show up. Yeah, a blonde that speaks some English. Yeah, we've seen her before, haven't we? Pretty damn sure they don't spell it out for us, do they? They they don't spell it out for us, but I mean, she is named in 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 the credits and stuff like that. So we know that this is the mother of this group, this family that at some time in the eighties, let's say like ni- anywhere between like nineteen 
this woman and her family went into the woods and she is all that remains. Hasn't aged a day. You could, if you were confused, um, even after watching further into this film, you might think it's the daughter and she's lived out there for 20 years because that would that would track. Mm. That would totally track. But she does. She looks exactly like the mom in the photo and yes, has not aged a day. Has not aged a day and... She also has the mark on her as well. And she says, your ritual will begin tonight. Your ritual. You have been chosen. Why him and no one else? Because you have the greatest pain. The This concept of these people living here. And I want to say that what I enjoy a lot about these people is I don't know if they necessarily worship this thing as as they worship their imaginary gods in wicker man this is a very tangible thing yeah this um again what is it called the fucking they don't really name it yeah it's one of the spring of loki and it is a jotun a Jotun, right. Which the- are like like anything that isn't a god in Norse mythology mm-hmm. is a Jotun, basically. And they're like the antithesis to these gods. And much like how the giants were in Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. And what were the other beings like Cyclops and stuff like that? There's a word for them. Like the children of Zeus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or perhaps, it, or even like Nephilim in, in the Christian mythology. Very much, very and- much. So... Elves and gnomes and trolls and whatever the fuck this guy is. Yeah, it, it's it's almost like a forest god, like from fucking Spirited Away or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So they worship it, but they fear it, and and they don't. I don't think that any of this is personal because there's even moments later on where they're kind of just telling him to calm down. I don't. Th- I think that if any one of these people thought they could get out of this forest and live. They actually might want to leave, but it seems to be that they have to basically exist within this society. But there is a trade-off if you are to worship this thing, this thing that chooses you based on how much pain you have. Perhaps it's seeing uh, uh, you as a kindred spirit of its own pain, whatever carries within this ancient and forgotten being. This perhaps last of its kind. This is where I'm getting very Hellboy esque, where I'm, where especially when he's aiming the rifle at it, and I'm just thinking about like, how dare you try to shoot that thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, do you think anything else like this exists, and you're gonna shoot it anyway? It's a very angry fucking monster, though. So it is an angry monster, but then maybe it is trying to do the thing that forests do. They allow you to meditate, to think through, to heal your pain, to have the peace and quiet that you deserve and not have to go back to whatever it was that turned you into the person you are. And and in turn, it will provide you with everything that you need. Oh, and basically immortality. Basically immortality, although we're not entirely sure if it's eternal uh, youth on top of that because there are people of varying ages and then there's even some more uh, aging <laughs> people but Dom no matter what is is not chosen he is not marked and so he is going to end up in the trees Dom even tells 
Luke about his vision, about what he saw. And I would believe him seeing Gail, his wife, and calling out for her is probably what this creature showed Dom something terrifying. And he thought of his wife, which meant that he had something to live for. He thought of something that is his symbol and person of love, companionship, contentment. And so the creature would have then rejected him based off of that. Oh, you love something else. If yeah. you have un pain and no one else for you in the world, that means that you will love me. And I will in turn give you immortality. Because this thing is very much I will give you immortality if you show me piety. Yes. I believe that Hutch would have never bound down. And that's really all that it was left with because Hutch didn't seem to have any real other connections. Mm -hmm. And he didn't talk about he just pissed his pants. Really. He pissed his pants. He did have kids though. He had kids, but okay, maybe but, but then he didn't again, cry out for them. So did that woman. That woman had a whole family. Yeah, she did. That, that, she that did. was in her time. I'm sure that she liked up, them. Hung in the trees. Hung in the trees, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, Phil seemed to be tested quite ardently yeah. to see if there was any way that he would necessarily give up on whatever else it is out there, whatever it is that doesn't cause him pain. Mm -hmm. The only thing that seemed to revisit the heart and soul mind memories and dreams of luke was feeling horrible about his friend's death that's all he thought about or talked about yeah but like being in this place because of robert yeah and then being around the people who high key blame him for robert's death yeah so i think that the choice was made for this this beast who knows how it chose other people and having those varying ages like there seems to be no children mm -hmm. so i guess they don't really do that yeah but there are like older people who did they show up they're old did they age very slowly have they been there since the sixth century they write things in runes for crying out loud yeah but we so we don't know we have no discernible idea how long some of these people have been in this forest although you could guess because after dom who tells luke that he will be this thing is going to kill him he's not going to survive but you need to survive and burn this whole fucking place down because you need to get to my wife and tell her that i tried to yeah. get back to her uh well dom is met head on with this thing and this is where we get a first really good look at this god and this creature's design is fucking fascinating yeah i love it if you don't want to know what it looks like you might as well stop listening now had a good day this is lydia this is wes see you later good air end of show but how human it can look like it, he's dreaming that he's talking to his wife at first, but then we cut to this beast holding his face mm -hmm. with very human hands, clawed hands, hands that made that mark on Luke's chest. We mm -hmm. know this. Uh, they almost look caked in clay and gray and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but it's not necessarily attached to shoulders and a head. No. It's attached to the bottom jaw. Yeah, it's attached to the bottom jaw, and it seems to be wearing a pelt or skin, and inside that, like a fucking visionary, there's these glowing pinprick eyes to let you know that there's something even inside there. Yeah. 
that might be this thing's true head, whereas the rest of it looks like a giant elk, deer, uh, a, a quadruped, mammal-like entity with antlers. It's so. It looks as though you had a giant deer, and I'm talking like twenty feet high, yeah. tall yeah. minimum, with antlers. But also, its head is like another person. Yeah, or a person or two, because it seems to have a few of these, like where you would see on a moose where its little beard is. Mm-hmm. There's like human arms. Yeah, human arms. So it's it's just one of the most unique looking creatures in a movie. And that was what I just couldn't get past when I was watching it. I, I just, I was like, this thing is so original. And not unlike, you know, when you see depictions of, like, the green man and stuff, when, I don't know, like, you could say that we're mixing a lot of Celtic and Norse mythology here, but we're even mixing in, like I said at the very beginning of the show, some Native American mythologies as well, I feel. So it's a nice mishmash of all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, or this creature actually exists, right? Yeah. And it just appears to us to be a mishmash. But, like... The green man, how he'd be depicted as like this man with this um, deer or elk uh, mm-hmm. antlers and hide covering them. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to what it is, except that it's maybe a spirit that is man-like encompassed by an entire gigantic caribou or elk or moose or deer. Like It's hard for me to pinpoint what its antlers and it, its body is like, because it's very much like a big caribou or a moose or an elk. And they use the elk rune a couple times, mm-hmm. elk goddess. But they refer to this as a god. I don't know. Um, but there is something like within it, but maybe not. Maybe it's like Quato from Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. My brain was saying Mission to Mars, which is kind of a Mission <laughs> to Mars. Total Recall, yeah. Like Quato from Total Recall. <laughs> where the, the host is a living being and the thing inside of it is a separate being, but. Yeah. Well, these things, these uh, these children of Loki were shapeshifters, right? So mm-hmm. it's we could be looking at something that is doesn't really have a traditional single form. This is just how it um, decides to d- depict itself. I will say though that it looks truly ancient and it looks truly intelligent like there's a lot of it it's really looking at you and when this thing is holding you by its head and you see it's this shadowy you only see these pinprick glowing eyes from beyond this veil and it's looking at you it's it's like it's looking into your fucking soul that or those aren't eyes at all and it's something within its anatomy that we can't describe that has phosphorescence and we think they're eyes because we're humans and we like little pinpoints of light being so far apart in front of us yeah and it could not be looking at him at all and it's simply picking him up by the head and sitting him on a tree hanging him like a picture as you said it does hang him like a picture mm-hmm. and that's when they're all excited or everyone in the, these townsfolk will call them for lack of a better word mm-hmm. are distracted by this it seems as though Luke is going to go exploring. Yeah. 
And he's going to find some scarecrow magic. And he's like, scarecrow magic. He goes upstairs. And we know what happens when you go upstairs in cabins in this forest. <laughs> Weirder shit yeah. are on, in the upstairs areas than in the downstairs areas. For sure. Downstairs, down downstairs, you got guys tied up. The next level is where we listen to phonograph records. Yeah. The next level is where our effigy and our elders are housed. Yeah, he encounters this room that almost looks like a church. You have someone sitting at a seat of power that looks completely mummified, dead. Like, it looks like this person has been dead for a fucking hundred years. Best scarecrow ever. And everyone in this room looks like they've been dead a hundred years. They're skeletal and mummified wrapped up mummies almost with the leathery shrunken skin they look like the mummy of like amenhotep if you've seen him leathery looks like a piece of beef jerky stretched over a skull they're alive yep they're start like kind of struggling a little like sort of wiggling and going "Ah." yeah and it seems to be that these people are the end results you just you age to a point and then you get put upstairs after a while when it's hard to get around when it's hard to get around and then you just exist forever in worship in worship of this thing and he's gonna burn them yeah and it's like he hardly gives it a thought he's just like oh they're alive let's set them on fire man does he these things go up like a fucking christmas tree and and in seconds this building is burning. Now, our uh, child of Loki, our god, is none too happy about this. Now, every person who is in this person you uh, in this camp, you would think is ready to fight Luke or something. They seem to just be trying to get him to fucking calm down, like put the gun down, everything's going to be all right. Um but he, I mean, he socks that old lady in the face. Well, maybe, like, because we don't know enough about this guy. I love when he punches that lady in the face, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are just trying to placate him in a way. He is another chosen one. He's going to be with our brethren. This yeah. is the, the thing. And maybe, what do we know? I'd guess that this god, when it has a new worshiper, is super chill. That I think that the god would have been placated by having a new follower, and to the extent that maybe it's nicer to them, maybe it brings them things, maybe it allows them to leave for provisions. Who knows what they get in trade? Because I can't just see them being completely subservient, they're not really self sufficient. The land there is not viable land. Like they, they aren't uh, hunter gatherers. I don't believe. If they even need to eat, though. If they even need to eat, you're right. They must get something out of this, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, our. Uh, but here's the thing that's kind of interesting. Uh, our our camper friend, the mother, she gets fucking killed. Her fucking eyes get gouged out. Did she die because she was? trying to help luke i don't think so i think that that's what just happens when this thing gets pissed off it just rampages it just rampages because you're not showing me the piety that i require yeah like most gods they're a bunch of fucking babies exactly and i don't think that it had anything to do with her or what she was doing or thinking because she wasn't really helping she was just telling him what would happen and if and she even said that if you reject this thing 
if you don't want to worship this thing, it'll it'll string you up. Yeah. With the others, it'll just hang you on the fucking trees. Yeah. And enjoy, I guess, whatever it is you want to do. Yeah, because they don't move the bodies. They leave the bodies no, there. They leave the bodies there. And you can see in and around their village other people that have been skewered on the trees. Probably some of them are like family members of the people that are there. Yeah, probably. More yeah, than likely. Who, but Luke is not going to resign himself to this whatsoever because his vision, as this thing is rampaging and he gets away, there's a beautiful silhouette shot of this creature holding um this woman's body and he decides to shoot it with his gun that he found yeah this old musket oh yeah yeah old 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 rifle uh doesn't seem to do much to this thing except notify it that he's there he's like which what did he think it was going to do like it's a gigantic he's not an elephant gun that he has it's a rifle of some sort and yeah, and we don't know anything about this thing. No. If this thing can be killed at all, yeah. it seems like you can wound it, but kill it? Yeah. Come on. Is he's he crazy? He, he's got this old-timey axe that looks like it's from, like, the fucking 1800s mm-hmm. uh, that he snatched off of somebody who's just, you know... It's a Viking axe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And as he's running, his vision gives him a sign halogen lights you're never alone when you got a halogen light <laughs> it's that that hum that hum that uh-huh. gentle hum of the halogen lights this is an interesting sequence because it's almost as if demonstrating or giving luke an opportunity to try this all again because he's in a very similar scenario he's on the ground he's got a weapon within reach he has a time to be brave or to resign himself to this thing because this thing wants him to kneel and throws him down in a prostrating position and then displays itself and there's starlight coming in and it's very mystical and then when it raises its head in a certain way that looks just like an effigy that they saw in that cabin. Yeah. It looks identical to this weird, oh, it's not a man holding up antlers for hands. It's this thing's weird head. Yeah, yeah. And then when he stands up again, it just grabs him by the head and pushes him his head back down to the dirt. Like, no, you will worship me. Which is a wonderful scene, too, only... In that we've we've seen the size of this thing, how mm-hmm. fucking big it is, and how almost grotesque it looks, and how un- otherworldly, and what a mishmash of a uh, couple animals it looks to be, and it's totally indescribable. But then we get this close-up shot of his head being pushed down to the ground by a very human hand, mm-hmm. and that's unsettling, yeah, uh, deeply unsettling. Yeah, wonderful cinematography with this scene, but Luke will not stay down he won't stay down not this time this time he he, it's it it's basically saying that the last time you were in this scenario the source of all of your pain the thing that you can't escape you just stayed down and you lived and you were safe and everyone else around you was frustrated because they wanted you to be brave and risk your life to try to protect your friend. Now you just have to do the exact same thing. You're good at this. Just stay yeah. down. And everyone around him 
like this village of people Did have the, done the same. They're fine. They're, they're fine. Happy. They're they're happy. They have no more pain, no more death. It's not like a hippie commune level of happiness. So I will point that out. No, they definitely seem terrified of this this errant god that they are have to be have to worship. This thing will fucking kill you. This is not like the cultists in the Wicker Man, where where their god is a mystical thing, where they're just like our corn will grow. Yeah, they yeah. they this is oh no, this god will gouge your eyes out and string you up on a branch if you don't worship it. That's yeah. kind of a totally different vibe, we'll say. Yeah. So he has this moment to just stay down and he decides to stand up and axe this thing in the kind of head. Yeah, in the area. Yeah, and and that is his ultimate rejection. So now this thing is coming after him to kill him. But once you cross that bridge, my friend... The Headless Horseman's power ends. Pretty much. And <laughs> some people might think it's a cop-out, right? Yeah, yeah, they might, but I stand by this decision. This makes complete and total sense. This is an ancient creature of this forest. This forest exists out of time. It has boundaries. It, it has, has boundaries. It, it has traditional boundaries. You are crossing the threshold from night into day quite yeah, literally very literally and and so once you cross that threshold this thing has no power yeah and and because the rest of the world has forced it into this wood where this thing is a god but only a god here it has no power beyond and it knows that and so yeah you got out and so it will bay in anger at at him and he will yell primally back at it. I love this. It, I love I love this too. It is probably the best human roar. If you've ever been curious about a human roar, try it yourself in your room at night. Mm. I don't know if if you've quite come close to this the the desperation and the anger and the triumph that yeah. is all contained in this. Uh, up until this point, not he's, he's a great he's a fine actor, but there isn't any real top of the mountain hallelujah kind of moment from this guy Mm -hmm. except here and i don't think anyone else could have pulled it off quite with these lungs i don't know what it is about this roar that he does so well or if in post if they've tweaked it audio audially with uh, any other animals in there Mm -hmm. or i think it is just him i really think it's just him and it is the most primal human roar I've ever heard. It is. It, it's this message of this film of sometimes you have to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just lay down. You can't hide. That's not the answer. It wasn't the answer this time. And in the real world scenario that has haunted him for, we'll conservatively say a year, but has haunted him that entire time, Yeah. it was because he acted in a way that he was ashamed of. And he and he should have acted, but he didn't. And because he didn't act, he lived, but someone else died, and then he carried that guilt. So now, I mean, it's him, triumphant, but my friends are dead. Uh, I have nothing to show for it except for my own life. But in that moment when I counted the most, I stood up and protected myself, and I fought back. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, uh, powerful, extraordinarily masculine uh, ending where it's just like you got to fight. Although f- I can 
very easily plunk any gender into that moment really truly it's just a very human moment um although we're steeped in the beginning in a very man world that's a very it's a very it's a very sweaty nutsack place it's a it's musty musty nuts storytelling there's up to a certain point maybe like the first third in it's definitely this certain type of man who has subscribed to this certain type of man life yeah (laughs) that is in this film but then there's a point probably when they get to that cabin that it could be anybody could be absolutely anybody true although i i do maintain that uh uh, the, the 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 ladies of descent would have kicked everyone's ass oh, in this forest. Oh, <laughs> completely! That, or they just would have went jaunting through that forest with the twisted leg and everything, and no big deal. They would have just got through it, and, and but fucking Hollywood have like like ran on her hands somehow. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that giant Yotun would have just been like, "I am not going anywhere near these girls." Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they just them punch them out. He's like, I saw what they did to those cave creatures, man. I don't want to end up on the endangered species. There's only one of me. There was mm-hmm. at least like 30 cave creatures. So Now, apparently, and I have to read it still, is the book. There is um, sort of like how there's Tom Bombadil and uh, Goldberry missing from Lord of the Rings. Do we have another whimsical immortal imp creature that lives in the forest? We, we sort of do. It's uh, two um, true Norwegian black metal fans, apparently. I know. It totally changes the flavor of a lot of what goes on in the center to the end of this book so i really fucking need to read it so, so there, there's there's immortal norwegian black metal fans well, i don't the... know if they're immortal i don't know i gotta read the book i would love that though they're immortal, i would like a follow-up a, a, a lydia report yes you will get the lydia report yeah definitely because i'd be very interested what do we got next for him Coming up next, we're going to watch Wreck. Mm. Yeah, we're going from outside and man versus man and all that and man versus nature, man versus Jotun or whatever into man versus zombies, question mark? Zombies, question mark? No, they're not zombies at all. But an infected, a possessed. Mm. A a, a cover-up. A cover-up. Yeah. Very much so. And that's the thing I think is the most unsettling about Wreck. Yeah. That, that's that's what I always found creepy about that, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we're going to be doing the uh, the original. We're not going to, like, quarantine territory. Not that I don't. No. Not that I have a problem with quarantine. But Wreck, come on. Yeah. No. I, I, I always want to call it record. Because <laughs> I'm not big on short forms. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Wreck is... Probably that was when I felt watching horror films that there was a, a really good tide turning, and a lot of good horror was around the corner. That's how I felt when I watched Wreck, mm. and it wasn't just like foreign interest, foreign movies making their splash over here, unadulterated until quarantine came out, um, unremade, you know, something with a, a flavor all its own. Mm-hmm. Um, that found footage thing mm-hmm. hadn't totally zapped us all and infected, undead, possessed, like whatever these creatures are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather get into that on the show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll save it. Um, that hadn't tired us out yet. We didn't have that sort of fatigue and we were hungry for something new in mm. horror. And this is what came knocking. Yeah. Was I pleased? Oh, was I pleased? Me too. This is a perfect example of 
in the aughts, the early aughts and shit, the world was getting smaller and people's backdoor became uh, a breeding ground for horror from all over the world. Yeah. So it, we could no longer stay in our um, our basements and just pretend that the only people that produced horror movies were uh, Americans and then occasionally Japan yeah. or something like that. This was where, oh no, uh, exciting, brutal, unique horror was coming out through um, all corners of the world and thanks to films like The Blair Witch obliterating the studio system people could get horror movies into our hands for a lot less money than ever as yeah. we switched to the digital age. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's exactly what it meant, but that's how I felt watching it. And it seems to have come to pass. Mm. Yeah. So very excited to get the, to that. And then the horror different uh, zombie movie after that, because we haven't done... We don't do many zombie movies. We don't do yeah. many zombie movies. There's lots out there. Yeah, Trust me. One or two. Yeah, one or two is enough. <laughs> I'm what's night, and I'm dead air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. A hundred and forty-seven fucking episodes, and you beef it now. <laughs> I'm typical Lydia, and I'm what's night. Yeah, you are. And you've been listening to an dead unprofessional air? dead air. I'm just incredibly tired. You're allowed to be tired, but you're not allowed to fuck this up. I can't fuck up my name. <laughs> I mean, God, if there's anything that I should be remembering around now, I can screw up characters' names, but my name? <laughs> my name? Oh my <laughs>